Hello, and welcome to The Why Behind the Buy, a podcast for marketers focused on finding and targeting their ideal customers at scale. I'm your host, Monique Ruiz, and today's episode is something very relevant to everyone listening right now, podcast marketing and measurement. What do I mean by that? Well, when you listen to most podcasts, there's typically at least one commercial break featuring a retailer of some sort, or even the host of the podcast acting on behalf of a retailer. They run down the benefits of product or service that they're trying to sell and usually sign off with a coupon code for a percentage off of the retail price when you go to a vanity URL specific to podcast listeners. So we're going to dive into how to measure the success of this kind of advertising beyond just the episode downloads or coupon code redemptions. That's particularly important for determining whether podcast advertising is working as part of your marketing mix and even for justifying ad spend. With so many channels available to marketers today, the opportunity pool has widened, but attribution often becomes a little bit more complex. We are fortunate enough to have a special guest from Market Ingenuity with us today, Dana Elmquist. Dana is the Vice President of Enterprise Business Development for Market Ingenuity, which is known for linking mission-driven clients and sponsors in mutually beneficial partnerships and is the largest public media sponsorship sales force in the U.S. Dana, welcome to the Why Behind the Buy. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So before we jump in, I'd love if you tell our listeners a little bit about your role at Market Ingenuity, just so they can get a better sense of your expertise. Sure. Um, So I've been with Market Ingenuity about two years. Uh, Before that, I was at WMYC Studios. Um, At Market Ingenuity, I help lead basically strategy and planning for the overall sales team, giving them metrics to help sell by and and, uh, overall sales strategy as well as audience insights. Awesome. Well, we wanted to have you on this episode in part to give us a little bit of a history lesson before we start to get too deep into measurement and analytics and things like that. So what can you tell us about when podcasts started emerging as another channel for people to get their message out there from both the content production side and as an advertisement vehicle? Sure. Well, they've been around for quite some time since the early 2000s. But when I joined WMIC, that was 2014, they were actually just starting to emerge as a, as a viable business model. Um, at that point, we were experimenting with, you know, how to represent them to advertisers, how to price them, mm-hmm. you know, how to think about inventory. And it was really at that point, um, that was also the, the fall that, that Serial launched um, and sort of pushed things into the mainstream. They kind yeah. of reached escape velocity at that point. And what's interesting is that the, the business model of kind of ad-supported public-facing podcasts really grew from there. You know, today there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of podcasts available on the, right. you know, Apple podcast app and, you know, major hosts have, you know, many, many millions of monthly downloads. So it's really emerged as a viable business model. But I guess one of the one of the big things we noticed was that the uh, when we started getting surveys back was that the demographics were so markedly different, right? So your sweet spot in podcasting is like between 25 and 44 years of age, whereas okay. most public media broadcasts were 35 plus, that's really their sweet spot. And so when you think about it in terms of a demographic perspective, it was much easier for us to position it to advertisers because you you could get this younger demo here and this older demo with the traditional broadcast. 
So is there a typical quote unquote model for what a podcast listener looks like, whether kind of generally or across the genres of podcasts that they listen to? There, there is and there isn't, you know, there are some, there are some things that we, we look at, you know, our network that we represent, which is PRX, actually a lot of the shows skew female, which is really interesting Mm -hmm. because when the medium first started, it was skewed heavily male. There are still some shows that skew one way or the other or skew very young or something like that. But in general, it's looking more and more like general US, but but it's also it continues to skew pretty young. That 25 to 44 demo, you know, most of our shows have like 60 to 80% of the listeners in there. So it, it does skew young. So I know Market Ingenuity represents local and national sponsorships for for clients. What are some of the biggest challenges that podcasters are facing today with finding the right sponsorship opportunities? So basically, what I see is that there's way more excellent content than there is monetizable content. And... You know, that is really frustrating if you're a local station or you're a local podcast and you have something that's every bit as good as, you know, the top 10 podcasts and you just can't figure out why. Um, You know, a lot of what we're seeing is that the shows that have been around for a long time, be they, you know, 99% Invisible, Freakonomics, Radiolab, that have stuck to a weekly or biweekly cadence, you know, for 10 years, have just amazing accumulated audience, right? And, and the fact is you, you can't grow a listenership of, you know, 8 million monthly downloads overnight. Um, you just can't. And so a lot of it is, you know, getting, you know, doing cross promotion, getting endorsements from existing podcasters with huge fan bases. You know, if they can do a call out to your show, that's huge. Mm-hmm. But so the first challenge is really getting scale that's meaningful to a regional or a national advertiser. And then bringing in a couple of marquee sponsors that you think fit the tonality and the sort of ethos of the show, because the advertisers are really often, you know, folded in and they're, they're supporting the content and the listeners know that. So if you have some advertiser that really feels like a non sequitur, um, it might actually turn off the audience. So you want to be kind right. of careful in those first couple of advertisers. So are you seeing advertisers or sponsors facing kind of similar challenges in that sense, or do they have a different set of problems when they're trying to ensure that they're on the right podcast marketing themselves? Yeah, the problems are kind of like mirror images of each other, right? Mm -hmm. So you have, Mm -hmm. you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of podcasters that are desperately trying to get scale and relevance, right? Right. And get enough scale so that they can actually, you know, have the types of advertisers and enough money so that they can quit their day job and really devote themselves fully to this, which is their goal. And and we try to support that. That same fragmentation is frustrating on a different level for advertisers because, you know, advertisers have become used to advertising homogeneity, right? They can go get, you know, all the TV from one shop that they would ever want to buy and all the commercial radio because, you know, Clear Channel and iHeart consolidated something like 800 and whatever stations and reached 275 million Americans. So podcasting has yet to be homogenized, which is actually a beautiful thing, I think, for advertisers because when they do it right, they can pick, you know, between sometimes five, sometimes 20 shows that are literally like hand selected and they figure mm-hmm. out this host 
is kind of like a brand ambassador for us. And we're going to, you know, we're going to give them a script where we might let them go off script a little bit and add a little personal right. flavor to that. So I want to talk about collaboration between Claritas and Market Ingenuity recently. So we collaborated on a report series that provides new insights into how podcast advertisers can better understand ROI through attribution. So can you tell me what kind of sparked that collaboration and what are some of the standouts from the white paper report? Great question. So we've been working with these guys since 2016, which might not sound like a really long time ago, but it was a really long time ago in podcast attribution. <laughs> um, there were basically, you know, a couple of methodologies for podcast attribution prior to our pioneering work together, I should say, which were, you know, having show specific coupon codes or campaign specific mm-hmm. coupon codes in the creative or some sort of vanity URL. No one thought that all of the conversions would be captured through these methodologies, but they would kind of look at them as a directional means. And so together, we actually had a sponsor that, unfortunately, I can't name, but uh, we had a sponsor that demanded something better. Um, And we rose to the challenge. We, We actually created something that we thought could work and were able to come up with something that looked at the exposed versus unexposed uh, listeners in a campaign and relative differences in, in, in household behavior after they were exposed, which was really helpful. So we yeah. were actually able to see in a sort of percentage basis, folks that were exposed to the campaign were right. you know 20 to 40% more likely to go to this particular sponsor's website versus folks that were left in the control group. Cool. So, so that actually started in, in 2016. Um, okay. I, th- it's gotten more sophisticated than that since, but that was really the, the, the grounding that kind of led us to want to do this. This has been a great conversation with you so far, Dana, but I do have one more question for you. So what do you believe the future of podcasting will look like for sponsors or advertisers? Are we going to see more brands take advantage of this? Or are we going to see certain types of brands dominate the landscape and will kind of evolving technology, will it make it easier or harder or bring a new set of challenges um, for for everyone involved? What do you think is going to happen? So the work that we're doing together, I think, is actually enabling a shift in the advertiser mix from direct-to-consumer brands mm-hmm. to more blue-chip mm-hmm. brands. So I think that shift will continue. Okay. And I think that technology like the attribution technology that you guys have and some of the other attribution technologies that are out there is what is enabling that shift because it gives them the confidence that this is a measurable medium, that they can show the impact and that they can improve what they're doing quarter over quarter. So I think that we're going to see a, con- a continued shift from direct-to-consumer into blue-chip brands, which is great because they're more stable. And I think the whole listening experience will will benefit from, from this type of partnership. Another big lever that I'm seeing the blue-chip brands explore is the creation of kind of branded content, either within a show or as a standalone, where they actually want to be their own podcast. And I think that the the podcasting space is so open in terms of business models. We don't really know if it's going to be an ad-supported medium forever, a paywall medium, or if a brand themselves will offer something that's a widely consumed bit of content. 
And so I think that brands are really open to that. And if they get it right and it doesn't feel like an advertisement, there's no reason why they can't have millions of downloads on their own branded show. I think that's a great answer. So where can our listeners reach you if they're looking for more information about Market Ingenuity? Well, our website for one, which is marketingenuity.com. You can also reach me via email or on Twitter. We're going to take a quick commercial break now. And when we come back, we're going to chat about how you can get a slice of that near billion dollar pie that is podcasting revenue by capturing conversions, isolating channel performance, and comparing publisher performance. So stick around. In the crowded media landscape, the need for reliable and incremental podcast measurement is essential to prove its rightful place in any advertiser's media mix. In our new report, Claritas and Market Ingenuity illustrate how marketers can solve one of the key challenges of podcast advertising, the difficulty of accurately measuring its effectiveness in influencing consumer behavior. This report is the second in a white paper series, and we're calling it Podcast Attribution, Using Mixed Methodologies to Set the Stage for Future Success. Download your complimentary copy today at www.claritas.com slash podcast measurement. We'll also be sure to put that link in the description box of the podcast platform you're listening to us on today. But again, that website is www.claritas.com slash podcast measurement. I'm joined on the line now by our very own Omer Jelani, VP of Sales. He's an expert on driving success with cutting-edge solutions. And while you all know me from listening to the Why Behind the Buy, Omer is a true podcast guy around here. And he's going to share his knowledge on the analytics side, from capturing conversions to isolating channel performance, comparing publisher performance, and a whole lot more. So, Omer, welcome to the Why Behind the Buy. Thanks so much for having me, Monique. I'm excited to uh, discuss the advances in the podcast space with you. Awesome. Did I do a decent job of sort of introducing you or are there a few other things our listeners at home should know about your areas of expertise? No, that that was great. You know, as you know, we've really been focused on media measurement as a whole over the past few years, you know, across various channels. And obviously, more recently, that focus has shifted towards podcast and audio measurement because of the growth in the channel. And it's been really exciting area for us. So I, I just had the chance to talk with Dana from Market Ingenuity about opportunity. But what do you think? What is so great about the podcast industry? You know, I, as, as a listener, you know, I, I've really enjoyed just from a personal standpoint, you know, really diving into the podcast space and, and finding podcasts that that personally interest me as a listener. And I, I, I think podcast is simply a new form of storytelling that allows a show or host to capture a listener's interest and attention and take them on a journey, you know, it can be as short as 10 to 15 minutes or countless hours over a season, you know, where the listener can truly visualize a story and, and, and in many cases grasp sometimes complicated topics that are distilled for everyone uh, or for everyday applications. You know, right. I think the first, the first big hit was uh, the, the serial, the podcast. And as, as you probably know, that was sort of a riveting, sort of season long, maybe 10, 15 hours worth of content. And, and again, it was telling a story. So, uh, you know, I think it was really easy for consumers to really be engrossed in sort of the storytelling on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah. And it's what everyone's talking about right now in terms of um, entertainment, going to podcasts, and you can find content in basically any kind of category out there. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, the latest quoted, quoted figure that I've seen is that there are over 900,000 podcasts. Wow. So if you can't find something within those 900,000 podcasts that interest <laughs> you, um, I think you might have other issues, but, uh, but I'll leave it at that. Exactly. And, you know, the, the other thing I'll say is just, I, I guess it's somewhat synonymous to, you know, the traditional radio where you have a DJ and, you know, whether you, you listen sort of continuously or consistently, you know, the, the hosts of these shows really build an intimate relationship. And, and I would argue even more intimate than traditional radio. And then I guess what's great about it, you know, and selfishly speaking, is that now we have sort of the enhanced measurement capabilities that I know we're going to be talking about at some point during this discussion, but it, it allows the, the, the brands and the marketers to really lean in and, and, and understand how they can use it for their, their own benefit. Okay. So Omer, what do you see emerging in the podcast space that marketers need to be aware of or take advantage of to grow revenue? Yeah. You know, I think obviously we've just entered a very uncertain time given, given the COVID-19 and, and general fear and apprehension specific to the business world in general. You know, if you'd asked me this question a month ago, I would have talked about the fact that, you know, podcast ad dollars would eclipse 1 billion in 2020 versus 2021 when they were previously projected. You know, I don't, I don't believe that anymore given the circumstances and, you know, and, and I would have talked about sort of, you know, marketers to consider trends like, you know, from the get go, audience or host or host reads are, are really effective of, of driving KPIs. But and, and rightfully so, I, I feel like everyone's priorities have shifted, you know, primarily to ensuring they keep themselves and their families safe. Right. Um, you know, and, and part of that is staying informed on all things coronavirus. And, and, and hence, you know, a positive, you know, we've seen a ton of helpful podcasts recently launched from large, reputable publishers offering valuable content for the concerned population. You know, so that's been really beneficial because I think, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier. There's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know everything we need to know as a, as mm-hmm. a consumer. But that said, I mean, I feel like at times like this as a marketer, there has to be a more strategic thought process and how they can help and support the communities they serve. Mm-hmm. You know, an example of a company, I think that's that's different because they kind of fell into unfortunately the the market conditions but fortunate for for them is a company called KiwiCo. You know, they offer STEM-based at-home uh learning projects for kids. So, you know, it's it's just fortuitous I think for them for what their product is and we're seeing them now really get active in in the podcast space. And as a consumer, as a parent, I do I you know, I don't see it as inauthentic. This is what you know, this is what they do. So I see the utility in their solution and their their product, and I'm more open to their message. Right. There's thousands of companies that are really taking a step back and, and shifting their, their focus right now to say not only, not so much, hey, how can we drive revenue, but mm-hmm. hey, how can we be a beacon of light, a, a company that can help solve issues that are going on right now amongst uh, the population and the, and the communities that, that we serve. So that's kind of a, a loose answer, but again, different times call for, for different measures. Yeah, and it, it, everything's just so up in the air. So we have to, projections are great, but when something like this happens, it sort of throws things out of the window and you just really don't know what will happen in the future. So we can hope for the best. And, you know, in the meantime, prepare for, prepare and react to what's happening now. Exactly. 
So what's helped Claritas stand out as leaders in measurement in this space? Do we offer anything that sort of sets us apart from others who are doing something similar? Yeah, no, great question. I think, you know, traditionally, if we look back at sort of, you know, how brands were were historically measuring the efficacy of, of podcasts to drive their business, you know, we were really limited with vanity URLs, coupon codes, and, and in some cases, a, a one question survey after a consumer would say, go to a brand site and, and make a purchase. And, and, you know, those all have their limitations outside of just being very limited specifically on, on, on users actually taking advantage or, or using those tools. You know, I think vanity URLs, they're, they're great um, for specifically attributing to a specific listen, but we know through our research that consumers don't use vanity URLs. If I hear an ad on a podcast, I will typically just type in the brand. I won't type in the vanity URL. So right there, there's a huge drop in, in attribution. And, uh, and coupon codes, although they're great for driving sales, as we all know, coupon codes get shared amongst you know deal sites, deal aggregator sites, the retail me nots of the world. So they're great for driving sales, but you lose that sort of attribution for the specific channel or show that you might be looking to, to measure. You know, so I guess circling back to kind of where we sit in the ecosystem, you know, Claritas and 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 the Barometric Group within has really been focused on cross environment measurement, and and we now have this ability to you know deliver two layers of of measurement. One is sort of more straight, direct, one to one attribution, where in simple terms we're marrying a podcast exposure through data that we ingest into our system to an actual conversion. On a, on, a, on a brand's website. And then the second layer, which I think is really exciting, is to be able to really measure lift incrementality that is being driven by the podcast buy. So many of our brands, they run across various media channels. So the question begs, how are we able to sort of truly demonstrate the incrementality or the effect that podcast is having? And, and that's kind of a, a place that we've been playing in over the past couple of years. And, and I like to think we sort of stand out from some of the other solutions in market. And you talked about it a little bit just now, but where do you see marketers kind of currently getting it right when it comes to podcast marketing or using measurement solutions? Yeah, I think I think it's those marketers that, you know, again, many of the marketers that are getting into the podcast space now have lots of experience in the digital channel. So they're really used to seeing sort of data-driven analytics, uh, direct, you know, attribution, uh, digital attribution, however you call it. And, and so they're really you know, pushing and, and, you know, on, on the ecosystem to ensure that we have these capabilities built out. And, you know, I guess, I guess we're fortunate that we've been doing this across other channels. So podcast is really just the latest evolution of our measurement set to, to offer to the marketplace. But I think it's those, those marketers that are really digging deeper to truly understand the effect that the, uh, the ad exposure is having on their business KPIs and, and leveraging the tools that are now in, in the marketplace. Again, Claritas is one of a few. There's a, there's a few that are out there. Um, so I think just overall, industry-wide, the, the advancement in measurement has been really exciting. And, and you're seeing not just the sort of the direct-to-consumer brands that really uh, jumped into the podcast space early on, but you're seeing more of the sort of the blue-chip brands get into the space because they realize there's a true opportunity to, to drive incrementality for their business. Right. And tell me, how exactly do you measure success? Are there 
industry benchmarks that kind of come into play? Or is it a little bit of that old saying of success is what you make it? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we are a data driven company. So I think there's there's both qualitative and, and quantitative ways to look at, at, at success. From a quantitative standpoint, as I alluded to, you know, we can now truly identify a podcast ad exposure that has driven a conversion. So we were able to attribute on a one-to-one basis. Yep. And, and, and then, um, you know, again, as I mentioned, being able to measure lift to really justify the return on ad spend of the podcast channel has been really, really exciting. So I think the brands that sort of can, can really dig in and expect that type of reporting from their partners are the ones that are going to sort of come out ahead and, and be able to sort of really optimize and, you know, get smarter and more intelligent um, with their podcast strategy going forward. And I talked about this during our commercial break, but we have a white paper series that kind of goes into this a little bit more. So make sure you guys who are listening at home on the go, check this, check that out. And we'll leave that link in the um, uh, description box as well. So just to plug that another time. But Omar, on the flip side, where do you see marketers getting things wrong? Are there challenges that they're, they face kind of in the past or um, that are different from what the challenges they're seeing today or in the future? Um, where are they getting it wrong? I, I mean, I think, I think to a certain extent, anyone that is sort of getting into the podcast space, it's all about learning right now, you know, learning about usage or listening, listening patterns. So I think First of all, if you're testing in the podcast space, you're only going to benefit through the learnings that you get. But in terms of, you know, sometimes where I see marketers maybe be too quick to to optimize. Again, we come from this ecosystem, a, a digital first ecosystem where marketers want and expect to see results, measurable results, you know, sometimes in a matter of hours, if not, if not days. And they're really quick to sort of jump on an optimization uh, that they're able to identify. I think the podcast space is is somewhat different. And I think if I think about my own personal consumption habits, even for those podcasts where I subscribe to them and I, I, I listen to them consistently, I might not listen to that podcast when I download it. Right. You know, I might, I might be in an auto download. So I might download a podcast today, but not, not be able to get to it till say over the weekend or early next week. Um, so I think you have to be a little bit more patient um, in terms of looking at your your conversions, um, typically what we say is that you know if we're if we're look, running a podcast campaign or measuring a podcast campaign that say uh, runs three months, we like to say hey why don't you wait till sort of mid campaign where not only are you going to see the qualitative or the quantitative insights from a uh, attribution standpoint, but you're also going to see some of the audience insights that we're able to uncover to identify who those people are that are sort of the, the highest indexing converting audience. So I think that's one area that I, I, I'd i like to say brands should be a little bit more patient. You know, the other area, just in terms of from a technology standpoint in the ecosystem is podcast measurement is based on an IP address. Okay. And an IP address can be sort of varying from a residential IP address where I am now speaking to you to a commercial IP address where I might be in an office when, when we're not in this pandemic right? or find, you know, a cell tower based IP where I'm out and about and my phone is connecting through a cell tower. And so right now, not to get too technical, but right now, you know, we've been on this sort of protocol of IPv4, which is just a version of the IP. And the challenge is that 
just in the ecosystem in the United States, we're running out of IPv4. So slowly, we're building and adopting this sort of new protocol IPv6, which in addition to being 128-bit encryption versus the IPv4, which is 32-bit encryption, it's going to really increase the size of IPs and everyone in the future will have their own IP or each device will have its own IP, which will be more, much more effective to allow measurement wherever you are. It's very interesting on that IPv4 versus 6. That's definitely a little bit technical, but you uh, taught me something there. I had no no idea about that. Hey, we're we're all learning. We're all learning uh, every day. So yep, exactly. So one final question before we wrap up today's episode: Where or how can a business even get started leveraging the podcast industry as a way to market themselves? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a few things that kind of if again if I'm new to the podcast ecosystem, there's a few things that I personally would suggest. One and and probably most important is do your homework and and listen to some of the top podcasts across verticals. So you know, news, true crime, comedy, business, finance, sports, health, to understand the value of the medium from a listener standpoint as well as from an ad execution standpoint. You know, and, and, and delineating between the different ad delivery options. You know, I talked, to, I mentioned host reads, their standard ads, their sponsorships. You know, men, we're seeing many brands now create branded podcasts. So working mm-hmm. with some of the bigger podcast networks or platforms to create podcasts that is truly br- branded in the theme of a brand. And again, most importantly, offering the, the listener value, entertainment, utility, um, I think it's just we're seeing this kind of shift in how brands view themselves in the eyes of the consumers. And and now is you know more more important time than any. So I would say, one, do your homework. Then two, you know, again, we work with a bunch of the big platforms and players in the space. Obviously, on this show, we talked to Dana from uh, from PRX and Market Ingenuity. You know, so I would I would suggest to marketers to approach some of these bigger platforms that have been around that are really knowledgeable on the the nuances of the space. So you know, Dana is a great resource at, at Market Ingenuity. You know, we work with others, other big platforms: iHeart, Entercom, Cadence Thirteen, NPR, Megaphone, Acast, Art Nineteen, Midroll, Digital Audio Exchange, and, and Vox Media, to name a few. You know, these mm-hmm. are these are big players that have been doing it not just for the past year or two, but they they have a lot of experience. So to really try to sort of question them and and really get knowledgeable on the ecosystem. And then finally, and, and again, maybe this is more of a selfish suggestion, but stay up to date on the latest measurement capabilities and methodologies, you know, which I, I believe today are more closely aligned with brand marketers' expectations for digital media measurement, you know, thanks to companies like Claritas and others in the space that are right. allowing brand marketers to really have that same level of measurement and feasibility and, and return on ad spend that they would uh, come to expect from their, their marketing investment. Great answer. But I think with that, it's probably a good place for us to uh, wrap up today's episode. So, Omer, thanks again for joining me virtually since we're all sheltering in place right now on this topic. Thank you so much, Monique. Stay safe and uh, thanks again for the opportunity. Excellent. 
It's been a great conversation. And I want to give a thank you to uh, Dana from Market Ingenuity as well for sharing his insights earlier. And if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the Why Behind the Buy so you never miss an episode. And rate us five stars or share us with a friend or colleague. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye now. Bye now.